Hey everyone, it's Keith McPherson here, and welcome to this episode of Let's Connect. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a dear friend of mine who I've known for years, an incredible musician, healer, writer, all around amazing soul on this planet. Sheena Grob joins me on the show today. We're going to talk about life, living, and especially the word grace and what she's found that word to mean for her in her own life. Before we get into the conversation with Sheena, I wanted to welcome you all here, and um, I'm sitting right now in a high-rise in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. I, uh, I'm here because tomorrow is not only my birthday, but I'm also launching my brand new book, Making Sense of Mindfulness, and the publisher that I'm with, Morgan James, are having a book launch, um, a red carpet event, just to commemorate the launch of the book, and I'll be joined by a bunch of other authors on the publishing label that are putting out books this quarter as well. So that's going to be really exciting. And uh, I have to say, this week has been full of adventures. I love when synchronicities happen. Um, the first synchronicity for me happened actually last weekend. I was playing at a, another dear friend of mine's birthday party, and um, that's where I ran into Sheena Grubb, who's going to be a guest on the show today. And it was just synchronicity because Sheena has been out in Denman Island, BC, and I had no idea she was back in Winnipeg. And then I showed up at this party and all of a sudden there she was. And I was so excited because I haven't seen her in over a year. And she's just one of my favorite people to spend time with. So I play the birthday party and then I get on a plane and I fly to Toronto. And uh, I spent a layover in Toronto. I was there for about eight hours. So I ended up going into town and taking a yoga class at the new Moto Yoga Uptown. And I walked in, and who was there but my other dear friend, Nancy Silverman, who I spent a summer with on Canadian Idol back in 2006. It was quite a thrill to see her teaching yoga there. So we, uh, we gave each other a huge hug, and we decided that in a few weeks' time, we're going to do a music yoga class together when I'm back in town. So that was another awesome moment. And then I got on the plane again and made my way to Nashville. And I ended up sitting next to this incredible woman named Courtney Wilson, who's um, a co-host on a show on HDTV. And we ended up having this incredible conversation on our plane ride to Nashville. And it turns out that Courtney was a little bit terrified of being on a plane. And in particular, that night, because we were actually flying into a tornado and i'm not kidding there was literally a tornado going on <laughs> so not only was she a little afraid of being on the plane but the fact that our plane was bouncing up and down like crazy all the way to nashville it was uh, a great opportunity for us both to practice some mindfulness so we literally did a bit of mindfulness practice on the plane together closed our eyes and just stayed focused on the breath and when our mind was going into oh my gosh what if this plane goes down right now we just kept coming back to the breathing, and it was uh, it was quite an awesome time. So I'm just so grateful that we connected as well. And now I'm here in Nashville, and it's been quite a week so far. I ended up going to the Grand Old Opry last night and saw Little Big Town play and Josh Turner play. And today I was wandering around downtown just taking in all of these incredible buildings and sights and people. And I just feel really, really grateful to be here in this awesome city, Music City on my uh, birthday, Eve. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, I want to move into this interview with Sheena now. And uh, that was recorded last week in Winnipeg, just before I left for Nashville. So um, without further ado, I'm so excited to announce Sheena Grob here on Let's Connect. Hey, Sheena. Welcome to the podcast. 
Thanks for having me, Keith. This is so nice and spontaneous <laughs> in that uh, I didn't even think you were here in Winnipeg. I know. If, she, if you don't know Sheena Grubb, she tends to travel all over the place. And last time I spoke with you, you were out in Denman Island, BC. Um, I don't know much. I'm so excited to hear all about this journey of yours. But uh, I ran into Sheena actually last night at a mutual friend's party, and she's back in town and here on the podcast with us and has, I'm imagining some amazing stories to share. So welcome. Mm, thank you so much. This is exactly what I think I've been needing. <laughs> I wanted to share about what's been going on. So I'm so happy this manifested. All your friends are curious. Right. And I'm <laughs> suspecting that the listeners here too, even if they don't know you, will get very curious about mm-hmm. your, your story. And um, maybe we should start with that just for people that aren't really familiar with your work in the world and um, what you're about. I mean, I mentioned a little bit that you're a musician and a thought leader and a healer and um, just like absolutely incredible coach as well and facilitator. I could go on. The list is so long. Um, Mm. When did everything begin for you in terms of your work in the world, if you were to think back? Mm. Wow. Um, Well, I began writing songs when I was 10. And I I see that as being a seed moment in my life where um, what was to unfold following um, a number of difficult challenges in my 20s, um, I I look back on being 10 and I realized that at that point there was um, something happening creatively in me that would make more sense later in life. So I was writing songs at 10 and expressing emotionally from a really authentic place. Wow. Can, can I just get into that for a second? Yeah. 10 years old and you're, you write your first song. Mm-hmm. How did that, can you remember how mm-hmm. that happened? Mm-hmm. It's not, not every day a 10 year old writes a song. Right. I mean, it's surprising working in the schools. You see how creative, you know, some kids are. I, I think anyone who has kids will understand what I mean by that. It's just certain children just come up with the darndest things, right? <laughs> and um, But for me, I was writing these really complicated and complex uh, song structures, um, kind of beyond what I would have thought to have really understood. I, I was um, writing about complex issues that a 10-year-old probably wouldn't know much about. Like what kind of issues are you well, writing about at 10 years old? Yeah, well, my, my grandmother passed away when I was eight, and that was a, a real shock to my system, um, I was so close to her, and uh, shortly after that, within a couple of years, I was really using music to kind of cleanse from that pain and that loss that I was experiencing. Wow. I did not realize that at the time, but I look back now and, and see that that was happening. And so um, these really complex, poetic um, creations were, were coming out of me. And, and, uh, at the time when I was 10, I just thought it sounded neat. I thought, oh, this is cool. I'll, I'll, I'll write a sentence like this. And, you know, not really grasping the gravity of how completely, um, amazing that would sound at my, you know, my, to my 30 year old self looking back on it. I'm like, wow, like, what was I saying to myself? But it really taught me, um, that our unconscious mind, and our spirit, our soul, like we are, we are constantly, um, you know, channeling or creating or, or processing from a very deep place yeah. that if we're open to it, especially as children, it could really come through. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, that all started at 10 and you've had this entire journey since then, really uncovering all the layers of what was maybe even going on at the time when you were 10. Totally. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so take me a few years later from 10 years old and you 
realize you've got this gift of music. And uh, how did that all kind of evolve from this point? Well, I, I kept writing music, and it didn't really occur to me through my teenage years, and even as I was going through university, that I would ever, you know, use music in any form of, you know, uh, career for myself. I, I wasn't thinking along those lines. Mm. I was very focused on school, and I'm glad I had that time in my life where I could get my degrees and um, education is never a loss. But um, I realized when I was going through a really difficult health challenge around 22 that um, I needed to start kind of being real with myself because uh, life wasn't really unfolding the way I thought it would. Mm, and, what what um, was happening? So when I was 16, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And, uh, you know, at the time I was kind of like, oh, I have a, such a positive attitude, I can overcome this. And I didn't really want to look into the deep corners of what that would mean for the rest of my life. Um, so I kind of like put it away for a little while and um, got my schooling. When I was 22, um, I started to experience symptoms that really changed uh, how I was moving in the world. So I, I had to actually stop my practicum, my teaching practicum. And um, for the first time in, in my life since being diagnosed, I was my life was being affected. I couldn't play music the way I had. Um, I was just anxious maybe for the first time about what it was going to mean about my future. Mm. But the, the beauty of it is that it, it prompted um, an introduction into uh, the world of Doug Tatarin. So Dr. Doug Tatarin, um, I was introduced to his work around this time when I was struggling. And uh, within a few sessions of working with this doctor who is an expert in emotional processing, I started realizing that, oh my goodness, maybe there's some things within me that I'm not acknowledging or able to acknowledge or seeing in myself consciously, but that they're having huge effects on my life and my well-being. Wow. And some of these themes are coming out in my songwriting, wow. which is making it all kind of even more interesting for me. Like, can, yeah. I, can I just say this? That sounds like the unconscious mind trying to make you conscious of something yeah. going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In all these different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so working with Doug Tatar, and I know that's had a profound effect on you because um, a lot of what you do in the world and who you attribute to the work uh, is, is him and this emotional processing piece. Just in terms of what you're dealing with and what you deal with with MS, um, there's a lot of perspective around disease. And, you know, I've been a huge uh, advocate. And one of my mentors has been Louise Hay, who mm-hmm. talks about you can heal your life and that our unconscious body is made up of a bunch of memory. It's like stored memory and it's stored beliefs. What, what's your perspective on that? Mm. Uh, being somebody who's been dealing with this dis-ease of MS and how it might correlate with our thinking and with mm-hmm. our physical body. Well, um, I would say one thing I can say with all certainty is that as I started to take that perspective into my life and into my heart and look at, you know, maybe some of this physical illness isn't just like a train I can't stop and is beyond my control and it's just, it's in my cells now, I guess that's what I'm dealing with. Um, I started to think about it in terms of a mind-body-spirit connection and how I could um, start to wake up to some things that were experiencing I was experiencing physically that was maybe more of an emotional problem or a spiritual problem, really. Wow. And um, Manifesting in the physical form? Yeah, and it was difficult because... <laughs> Like I'm a science teacher and I had a very, very, you know, concrete way of thinking about life as well. And so I was not deluding myself into thinking I didn't have MS, 
but I was open to the idea that maybe the way MS was manifesting my body had something to do with these emotional currents that were undertones, right? What have you come to find now? Well, I guess what I can say from a scientist perspective, <laughs> what I've concluded is that um, since adopting that idea and being open to it being more than just a physical problem, my emotional system has unearthed uh, and continues to unearth emotions I didn't realize I was carrying. And since allowing that to flow, my physical symptoms have not continued to get worse the way they were. And so what I think is happening is this energy that it's needing to heal within my body is becoming less physical and more, um, I'm being more sensitive to the feelings. And so what might manifest one week as a little bit of depression or anxiety instead of, you know, uh, a numbness in my leg or blindness mm-hmm. in my eyes. It's not as physical, which is a blessing. Mm-hmm. So it comes on emotionally. Mm-hmm. And what I'm so appreciating about you is that you are acknowledging the emotion and the, the moment where you're like, something's off or I'm feeling this anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you're confronting, it seems like you're confronting it from what you're saying yeah. and letting it flow. I think you used the words. Mm-hmm. So the power of doing that from understanding you right is one way of healing as opposed to letting it build up and become a physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're that, suggesting? Absolutely. I, that's been my experience. Wow. <clears throat> Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sensitive in, in talking about it because I know there's so many people struggling with MS in such a real way. And I, I, I don't mean to diminish those physical symptoms as something that's, you know, just, just cry a little and you'll be able to walk again. Like for some people, the manifestation of the disease in the body might be very far along a certain path. Right. And, uh, and so like with so much respect, I talk about this, um, as an alternative way of thinking that could maybe help us all. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But that, um, it's, it's a sensitive topic, really. I get that sense, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. it's, and it's a different way of thinking about healing ourselves, the way you're speaking about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. from you know, what, we've, it, what, what I've been raised to believe. It takes a lot of courage. And I also feel like there's something within the soul that wants us to wake up right, yeah. to it. So that helps. Wake up to this new way of yeah. healing or being aware mm-hmm. of. Th- I'm curious about that too, because in the mindfulness work that I've been doing, this, this comes up a lot, this idea of awareness and processing. And I find when we get present in the moment, um, the, the emotions, some of the emotions that come up in the present moment are not emotions we necessarily want to be feeling. Right. And so from what I've observed and also of myself, like a lot of times something like a, a painful memory pops up when I have space or uh, something I don't want to confront on some level pops oh. up and I want to dodge it. So mm-hmm. I get busy and I cram my schedule with all my to-do list items or, you know, some people would might revert to e- overeating mm-hmm. or just whatever it is, our, our vices that distract us from mm-hmm. these emotional pieces that are, are in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, how, if you could give some perspective on how you might deal with that in the present moment, as opposed to fleeting from it, (laughs) because I know that you've done quite a bit of work on this with Doug and then on your own journey too. 
What would you suggest on this? Well, I, I happily report that I have experienced being a little bit too on the other end of things where for a long time I just repressed what I was, what I was feeling and it would come out in all these funny ways. And, and then I spend a number of years and definitely in the last few years, because I have such a loving husband who's willing to listen to me. (laughs) So it, it really allows for, um, some additional unpacking. If you have that space to be like, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm feeling. right? Right. And, um, and I went almost the other end of the spectrum where, uh, I was losing kind of connection with what, um, what was going to ground me. Mm. And to remind me that I am not my feelings, right? Right. <clears throat> Sorry, a scratchy throat. Um, and that's an important realization. It needs to be the ground when we deal with our emotions because our emotions are going to come and go and rise and fall. And we need to find a way to honor that. We need to find a way to um, be brave enough, I guess, to sit with what's really going on. And at the same time, hold that ground, that meditative grounding space that serves as um, the, the base mm-hmm. that that becomes something that we can draw strength from. So for <laughs> everyone's at a different place on their journey, and some people are still learning how to even acknowledge they have a feeling, right? And right. so if that's where people are, I would say, um, you know, to find find the safe space, the the relationships that allow you to be honest. Right. Be angry, be upset, be irrational. So you can even see it. You know, I think that's really important. Something you said a few minutes ago was, uh, I, we, are, we are not our feelings. And that, uh, that's a profound statement. So, so if we're not our feelings, what, do you, what are, who are we? What are we? <laughs> well, I have been so blessed to study Doug DeTarn's work, who's been, you know, looking at this for over 30 years. And, and he likes to use an analogy of, you know, a conveyor belt of clothing in front of you. And some days you put on the red t-shirt and some yeah. days you put on the blue pants and, but then you take them off and off they go. And that's kind of like how emotions flow through us. Wow. We are not the clothes we wear, just as we are not the emotions we feel. Yeah. But if we allow them to flow through us, um, you know, and not identify with any one way of being, like there are some people out there who just think they are angry, resentful people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I could think In- of a few people that yeah, right? live like that. Yeah. Instead of, instead of understanding that maybe you're stuck in an experience of being an angry person, maybe it's a shirt you can't take off for right. some reason because you're just, you're so identified with it. Right. And why is that? Let's look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So the process of looking at it, is there a formal process for this or is it just a gradual hope that I figure it out? (laughs) Well, I, I, I teach a process called grace Mm. and, uh, it's a nice word that reminds me that we all need a little grace sometimes, but Mm. it starts with just grounding ourselves. And, uh, for me, that's where my music comes in. That's where, um, I like to use music to help others ground, but it also grounds me. Mm. And uh, it, it sets that tone, that beautiful way that music uh, centers us. I know you know about this. Absolutely. So is that the G in grace? Is That's grounding? the G in grace. <laughs> it's the G in grace. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> yeah. So that's the G of grace. So, so what <clears throat> is there an R and an A and a C and an mm-hmm. E to it? Mm-hmm. R is um, reflect. 
So for me, that often means like, okay, let's tune into what we're actually experiencing today. Because we have different feelings every day. Yeah. Especially when you're used to feeling your feelings, it can, they can really change all the time. <laughs> mm. um, if you don't feel your feelings as regularly, sometimes um, just the, our basic way of being in the world can just be the feeling that we're not even recognizing we're feeling because it's the water we swim in, mm. right? Mm. Um, and, uh, and so that reflection time really gives us a chance to ask some of those questions and create a space to have a conversation where we can really, um, like, some people just don't make that time yeah. to reflect on, on it, right? Yeah. Stay, they stay way busy to not reflect. Yeah. <laughs> Unconsciously or yeah. sometimes Yeah. I mean, I can demonstrate reflecting like right now with us. That'd like if you were to, and I could do the same, um, tune into what we're feeling right now. Yeah. Right, right in this moment. Okay. <clears throat> what might you be feeling, right? Do you think you could tune in? Yeah. I think I'm like uh, split between making sure that all our technology is working so my mind, my brain feels split and also being like very much here and bringing a sense of just peace into the conversation mm -hmm. and trying to just absorb it for everything that I can. Mm -hmm. So I guess the feeling if I was reflecting right now would be present. Mm -hmm. I, I feel here. That's, that's, that's great. That's a great reflection. It's like... I would, I, How about you? <laughs> I tend to go. So if I'm to demonstrate, um, a real authentic, uh, reflection on what I'm experiencing right now, for one, my voice after singing last night is a little scratchy. So I'm feeling, um, a little bit inadequate that I'm not going to communicate as well as I'd hope because mm. I'm just a little bit tired from last night's performance. I'm also feeling, um, in certain moments, I feel um, a, a shred of inadequacy that I have something really, really important to share with others and that I might not do it justice and I might not reach the people that need it the most. And so there is um, there is a physical feeling around that right now while I learn how to do this because mm. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes feel like I've been given a story and a message and an experience that, that will really help people if I can find a way to to share it in the right way. And then, and then other times I feel like it's bigger than me, so I don't know how to. <laughs> and wow. so that's me being honest about a vulnerability that I feel. Yeah. Um, and if I was to really be in a safe space with my husband or my, my counselor or you, Keith, like I might go into that personally. I might go, okay, like why am I feeling so much pressure? Right. Like, what is that feeling? Right. And, uh, but the beauty of that is that you can eventually like make some choices. Like what direction do you want to go? Do you want to go into that feeling or do you want to go make supper and <laughs> have a different, like go for a bike ride or, you know, you don't have to entertain the feeling all the time, but reflecting on it. This is the R. This is the R. I'm loving this. It's, um, <laughs> I'm appreciating as you're speaking too about the layers of vulnerability Yeah. because in, in every single moment, I suspect there's a gazillion ways to interpret what's going on right now mm. and our perspective can be so mixed based on so many different things that we're focusing on. Yeah, absolutely. And even when you begin identifying feelings in your own body, um, it can feel like, Oh, I feel like 10% like helpless because all of this is happening and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. 10% inadequate. Cause I don't know what to do. And 80% 
I don't know, like I'm focusing on the negative feelings right now, obviously, because I'm trying to emphasize the fact that's where we get stuck. But I'm yeah. feeling 80% um, insignificant because I can't seem to, you know, stand on my own two feet and be seen for what I know. So it makes me feel invisible. Right. right? Or whatever. Yes, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and so it can become a, a real complex dance to identify what you're feeling. Right. But with the help of, you know, feeling words, for instance, like some of us don't even know what words to use, mm -hmm. um, it helps. Wow. Amazing. Okay. Take me to the A. <laughs> Take you to the A. Of so the grace. <laughs> in, uh, in grace, A is acknowledge. So um, if there is a feeling after I've done my reflection, after I've sat with, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this nervousness in my tummy or I'm feeling an ache in my body that might be confused as an MS symptom and really I'm just repressing feeling something, right? Mm. That's a big pointer for me. Um, what am I, my body's so sensitive that like this numbness, maybe I, I tune into that. What am I not wanting to feel, right? Mm -hmm. So I take a breath and, and I acknowledge what needs to be acknowledged. And I, I admit to myself, to my body, to spirit, whatever I need to, to my, my safe space listener, I, I say it out loud. And I take a deep breath and I just accept it and I, I let tears flow. That's the next step. Um, C is to cry. But acknowledging and crying can sometimes go hand in hand because uh, some of these feelings that we don't want to feel they can sometimes be associated with, with crying, right? And for a lot of us, we don't want to go there. So right. we repress that part. Acknowledge is, is A, and that's when we honor what the feeling is. And C is cry. Mm -hmm. C is often where I refer people to do a little bit of research into Dr. Tarn's methods as well, because he really takes us through the stages of crying. A lot of us get stuck at that stage because we just don't know how to let the body do its natural thing. Mm -hmm. We have all these ways of stopping that from happening because it hasn't been a safe world to be that vulnerable mm -hmm. up until now. Just on a side note on the crying piece, I, I, sent, I just get this visual of like emotion flowing through tears or crying perhaps. And at some point when we suppress it, it just gets dammed up. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this visual of it, like almost inflammation happening in the physical form. Mm -hmm. If we don't let ourselves let the emotion flow through. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And it can look different for different people. You know, um, I can, I'll speak for a lot of our, our men in our culture have childhood memories of not being, you know, supported in, in crying, right? Like boys don't cry or be strong or totally. suck it up, right? Absolutely. And so... For our men, um, being vulnerable, even if it leads to being a stronger person on the other side of that, yeah, right. Um, to uh, honor ourselves actually equips us to take on more of life in a more authentic way, and it's actually quite a strengthening activity, from my experience. Um, but when we become vulnerable and open and and um, sensitive, it means we have to let go for a moment of being that strong. Um, provider or protector or you know whatever we're being for the rest of the world right. we have to allow ourselves to to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and take a moment right totally so for different people that's um harder mm. and our body is kind of deciding that almost at this point it's not a choice we're making right um 
we're just conditioned that way now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So C is to cry. And is what to about cry. E, then for grace? <coughs> so once you have experienced your feeling and you've cried about it and you've, you've got to the heart of what it is you are feeling, and I would really suggest people look into feeling words to help them um, in the acknowledgement phase and in the crying phase, um, really getting to the heart and the root of what you're feeling is really important. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, um, the E is evolve. You actually become a more integrated thoughtful, compassionate person Wow! because you have felt the bottom of your own pain and you come to the other side and you're able to see other people in a different way and yourself in a different way. Oh. And you're able to create that space for others that, you know, may have been something that you just don't have the eyes to see before feeling your own feelings. Right. If you understand what I mean. I absolutely do. It's, um, it takes quite a process to get to that place of, mm -hmm. of evolution where you can move into that, or at least I find a lot of people mm -hmm. have this experience. And yet at the same time, I'm sensing this grace happens on many different levels mm -hmm. and different layers too, mm -hmm. as you're speaking about it. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, I'm somebody that likes to learn by repetition. Mm -hmm. Can we just go through the, just the, <coughs> the name again of grace? So G sure. is for grounding. Grounding. Yeah. And I use music when I'm trying to get into my emotional body and trying to help others get there, I use music. And then R. Reflect. Reflect, right. So tune into what the body's doing. If you're nervous, if, you're, um, if your stomach is upset, if you're, like, in my case, it was literally numb limbs. <laughs> like wow. whatever, yeah. reflect on what your body's going through. Yeah. And what you might be feeling. Yeah. A is acknowledge. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it and acknowledge what might be the behind it, which is the hard work. It, it, this is why I coach. This is why you need a coach <laughs> oftentimes because we don't necessarily have the instant ability to acknowledge what we're feeling. Right. We know we're feeling something off. We know that we don't maybe know how to express it, Yeah. but we need a bit of help to get to the bottom of it because sometimes we can delude ourselves into thinking it's something else. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. See, cry. When we cry, we know we've gotten to the root of it. And that's a, it, you don't always need to cry in order to get there, but if your tears are flowing, you're touching in on the source. Yeah. And, and that's just a really good marker on the path of healing it. Right, so then you come to E, which is evolve. You change after that. When you get to the root of what you're feeling and you actually remove it from your body by crying it out and, and expressing it and giving it to someone safe, um, you, you change. This must be like that lift at the end of a good cry yeah. where you're just like, Oh, I feel like this almost release or yeah. new space. Yes. It, uh. it is that release and, and even more, even more evolved if you have the awareness attached to it. If you're crying, but with awareness and yes. understanding and you, you're going to, you're going to change uh, in, so a, in a, in a good way. Uh, this whole grace paradigm. I love it. Um, can it, is it only used to process like um, negative emotion or trapped, stuck feelings? Or can this be done as well for people that are just elated about something? I'm just curious. It's popping in. I mean, the, uh, to quote Dr. Tatarin again, um, we don't often get stuck with unprocessed feelings of happiness. Right. Like it's not it's normally something you'd need to sit down and process your joy because it's, it's stuck in your body. Jeez, like I'm really not, happy right now. I'm really happy. <laughs> I need to get the heart of why I'm so happy. I mean, right. that's not normally what we, 
we we need to do this work because we're we're suffering on some level. Yes. Right. And and something's not right. Yeah. And something's holding us back. Right. Or we're we're anxious or depressed, and it's so vague that right. we just can't find what the thing is. And sometimes, and I've experienced this too. Um, in my own emotional excavations, I've realized that if you're stuck in something that you really can't identify, it can lead to depression because you just can't find the root of it. You can't seem to explain like why you feel so low. Those moments where you're just so... It's like nothing you, nothing anyone says or does can make you feel better. Right. right? And, and you're just, you feel like it's been this way for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and it's like, what is this? Has this just become who I am? Yeah, in is those this, moments, like what, what to do? What do you do? Is it, is it this grace method or? Well, it's grace, and it's also being willing to ask for help, and admit that. Even as a coach and a healer and a speaker and a musician and all these things, I identify with being. I still need my friends. Yeah. I still need to check in with my healers and my helpers and people who can be mirrors for me. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't stop, you know, just because you've discovered something and you want to help other people. Um, we all have to do that work for ourselves. I bet you, you could relate to that, Keith. Absolutely. Well, it's, as you're saying it, I'm thinking about it, that's the only way to be and show up as a coach mm-hmm. or as a teacher is to, to embody the exact thing that I'm teaching. So I find like, it's incredible when a client comes, you may find this too, for coaching, a lot of times it feels like they are a mirror of exactly what I'm going through mm-hmm. to almost to a T at times where it's like, am I speaking to myself right now? <laughs> yeah. And if I don't show up and do the work that we're talking about here, yeah. um, I, I'm of no use to heal anybody else because I'm holding the same thing. Mm. So to me, like as you're speaking, what pops in is the, the power of healing ourselves first so that we can rise up each other absolutely the work is really internal it's absolutely. not external yeah but but to rely on each other yeah because we all have insight and connection and the power of as you were talking earlier about sharing and yeah. holding space and yeah wow what a profound uh, way of thinking about this this mm. grace acronym is so awesome i know listeners are gonna mm. hopefully use this or consider this so happy if it can be of help to someone just awesome mm. Um, there's a few other things I really want to get to while we're on this podcast mm-hmm. because you are such a multidimensional being of light here on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I just so appreciate your vulnerability. It comes out for me so clearly and uh, beautifully in your musical performances. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you probably hear this every day when people hear you sing because your voice just channels this beautiful, vulnerable, truthful grace as you might refer to it Mm -hmm. somebody that's doing the work and and being in it and um yeah i just i'd love to just chat briefly about this and then maybe would you be open to sharing a song totally really yeah Yeah. that'd be amazing um (laughs) i'd love for you to speak about just a little bit more the power of music and why it brings us into grounding why is it so healing especially in your process Mm -hmm. what is it to you about music that has this ability to heal and ground? I just see music as being um, a vehicle to connect to spirit and soul and um, to take us out of our thoughts and into our our hearts. Uh-huh. And it's it, it just accesses our whole brain. Like there's another part of the experience that's just so 
immersive, right? Yeah. Like you're just, you're taking in these sounds and your, your heart might be touched or your, your mind is just, um, active, but in a different way than it's active in life normally. And it's, it's a very healing experience. Like scientifically it's, it's proven to be a very healing experience and very helpful to us as a songwriter. And as a coach myself, I've just seen, um, how it can help it can help people you don't need music to do the grace process you don't need it to ground yourself um but just like a good movie can make you cry and feel alive because you see yourself reflected in the mu the movie music can feel the same if someone's singing about something that that resonates with you instantly and you don't have to think about why you just feel it yeah that's that's kind of like the direction we want to go. We yeah. want to go into, you know, you could be at work all week, focusing on, you know, very important worldly issues, right? And then you, go, you drive home and you put on your favorite artist and you just, you feel alive or you feel sad in a way that is resonant with them or you, you just, something else in you is asking to be felt and acknowledged, right? Right. And that's what we want to tune into, that uh. part powerful yeah I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to just now maybe open our heart <laughs> to the power and gift of your music totally yeah okay yeah. um do you have a song in mind that you like to play well i was actually gonna just tune into what we were talking about and then choose a song so um actually the song you'll feel it or you won't seems pretty appropriate given what we're talking about so you'll feel it or you won't yeah. i love it okay let's uh let's take get set up and take a listen to that now I'll put my heart 
Wow, that was absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, uh, for sharing with us this beautiful gift of music. Thank you for creating that space. Yeah. So um, I know just in the final bit of our chat here, you've been traveling and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the word gypsy, it just comes to mind. You've, <laughs> you, you tend to be traveling with your heart a lot lately. I, last I heard you were living out in Denman Island. Um, what's going on? What are you up to? What's your current... Uh, vision and dream and what's happening? Well, it's interesting because uh, Dan, my husband and I had been talking about the idea that we want to experience living in a tiny home um, and, and kind of relinquishing some of our attachments to our possessions. And so we went through a process uh, in the spring this past year of, you know, putting some of our things in storage and giving away items we don't need and really evaluating how we want to be living our life every day. Just pause for a second. just that person. What inspired that? Why would you want to give away all your stuff? I've heard people talk about it. I mean, and, and with all due respect to those who have incredible, I, I've been doing this for years. So it wasn't a huge, it wasn't the huge, huge jump that it might sound Yeah. Um, for me because I've been on the road or I've been focusing on, on other, other things that haven't been manifesting physically. Yeah. Um, you know, it was maybe a simpler process, uh, but giving up my, my piano I'd had as a graduation gift from my father, you know, for the past however many years, um, I felt that, you know, I knew, I I felt the pinch of possession and want and, you know, fear that was associated with letting that go. Um, but I, I chose to give it to, uh, a young, my, my cousin's daughter, knowing that she was going to need it far more than I was on the road. And, uh, just the, the fact that I associated my, my attachment and my fear with a gift I was giving to someone else who wouldn't have had something like that to enjoy. Wow. It was just so beautiful for me. It was, I was so happy to let it go. Wow. Yeah. This reminds me of the St. Francis prayer about giving and receiving mm. and the power of just giving mm-hmm. and what you receive in return without really deliberately. It's just that joy. Yeah. I was ready for it. And because we wanted to lighten our load, we wanted to be free 
to, to be where we needed to be. And right. so we were just ready for that at that stage in life. Beautiful. Yeah. So Denman Island shows up. How did, <laughs> how did that get on the radar for so you? So we're sitting down for a very rare interaction with our dear friends, the Tatarans, and we, we mentioned that we're, you know, this is the vision of where we want to go. And, you know, the idea of having maybe two or three different tiny homes in a few locations in North America where we could kind of circulate through the year and knowing that being in, in sunlight was a constant need for the illness I was experiencing. I, I incorporated that into my vision building. And so I'm like, mm. let's make sure we get two extra months in some really direct sunshine and, you know, work from somewhere down south or whatever. Let's work that into the dream. Yeah. So we mentioned to them that, you know, we that was one idea and, and that we also wanted to spend some time in BC where we felt there was a, a real resonance uh, culturally with what's, what's going on and what's growing the artist community, the, um, you know, the connection to nature that happens in BC and some of the forward thinking ideas that are occurring um, in certain parts were really exciting for us. And they mentioned that there was um, a, an island, Denman Island, um, just off the coast, I think north of Nanaimo and south of Courtney, that um, has about a 60-acre plot um, of land that is fairly untouched. Uh, it used to be owned by the founders of Greenpeace. And so um, the Hermitage came into existence about 15 years ago from this piece of land. And um, oddly enough, they are open and, and looking for possibly a couple with the skills that my husband and I have wow. to kind of team up and, and manifest some things that their community is needing as well. And so this is a healing, uh, it, it's a healing uh, ground, it's a healing space, non-denominational um, with a, I would say it has a Buddhist heartbeat, yeah. but it's really open to, you know, whoever whoever wants to come and learn any kind of um, practice. Wow. Yeah. Are there formal classes going on or is it more of just a way of living and being while you're there? Um, between kind of May and September, there's, um, like retreats that run. Some are five days, some are 10 days, some are a month. Uh, and people can come and register to study whatever they're, what, what, whatever is going on at that particular time. What's, what's the name of the place? It's called the Hermitage. The Hermitage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. Got it. And, um, and so we, we want to see this become more of a thing. We want to be a part of um, creating space for people to come, be in nature, hug an ancient tree, <laughs> mm -hmm. be given the most beautiful, nourishing, you know, plant-based food, um, have a space to meditate and connect to their inner world, and and really evaluate how they're looking, how they're living their lives, and how they can bring it back to you know, wherever they're living after this 10 day or month long retreat. We're not saying everybody would want to live in that, but we kind of do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And that uh, we're really excited Beautiful. to be part of it. So. Wow. What an amazing vision that is that yeah. you're bringing that into there, helping assist bring that into the world more mm -hmm. at a time or in a time where we're just so bombarded by all this noise and pressure, like to have a, a retreat like that to go to or a place. What a gift. Yeah. Another way you're giving, mm. which I think is amazing. Mm. Wow, there's so much I could chat with you about. <laughs> it's just so great. And I'm really admiring uh, the journey you're on and your openness and vulnerability to share on such a deep level about where mm. you're at and what you're experiencing in this crazy world of life <laughs> that we're, we're all <laughs> experiencing. Well, I just have to say that you create the environment where that just flows. Oh, I mean, our friendship has gone back so many years, but also just you thank, thank you for 
asking these questions. Thank you for putting this out into the world. We all need this information, these conversations. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And uh, I hope you come back and share more. Mm -hmm. And for those of you listening that want a bit more information on Sheena and the work she's doing, you can find her at SheenaGrob.com. And uh, thank you, Sheena. Thank you, Keith. All right, that does it for another episode of Let's Connect. I hope the words and wisdom and music of Sheena Grob has truly inspired you just as much as it has for me. And I really look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of Let's Connect.